Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you after a few weeks off and I'd like to take this opportunity to offer my thanks to Dom Rizzuto and Matt Mears for jumping in with their submissions for splinters throughout March. But as we know, football stops for no one. And tonight we are back with our preview for NPL New South Wales Women's, the main feeder competition to the A-League Women's competition. And do we have a very special guest with us, a mainstay of women's football for many a year. She's on as one of the coaches of the Northwest Sydney Spirit, one of the exciting clubs in the competition, Tiana Gauchi. Good evening to you. Uh, thanks, Anthony. Great to be here. First time on with uh, Triple H Sports. Um, obviously connected through with um, Northwest Sydney Spirits, one of the two teams in our in our catchment. Very excited to see the season coming up, and very excited, I guess, as well, to see the growth of women's football over the last five years. Yeah, absolutely. Women's football is massive at the moment with the twenty twenty three World Cup coming up. So it's it's growing and it's. It's getting more serious and the expansion of the A-League coming in next year and this year with Wellington. So it's all things are looking very exciting. And once upon a time, we used to talk about the NPL New South Wales competition, not mainly feeding the girls into the A-League women's competition. Now we're starting to see players being picked up directly out of the competition and going straight to Europe. Such is the strength of this competition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it the the MPL in New South Wales is massively, massively, I guess, um, highly credited in the football community. Um, I've worked, you know, interstate, and a lot of those girls want to come over to the MPL in New South Wales and and go get into it just to be seen by other um, coaches. And I guess, you know, tools such as Instat and all that allow coaches all around the world to see the best players. And I think it's a massive opportunity for players to show what they have. Absolutely. We are so excited to be able to go through this and and see what we've got lined up for this season ahead. 12 teams back in the competition. It's the same 12 teams as last year. Of course, there was no relegation. Um, It should make things easier a a little bit, I guess, in terms of previewing these teams. It is always a challenge to pick up because – uh, unfortunately, as you know, uh, you know sometimes women's football doesn't get the coverage it deserves, and it makes these preparations quite tricky. But we do what we do because we want to promote this because it deserves the respect. Yeah, I mean, we it's difficult because you know you see a lot of even in the men's the the MPL have to go the men's teams in the MPL and the women's in particular they they don't get the coverage they they need, but. It's all about getting it out there and it's up to the clubs really to show who they have. And, 
it's been been a while um, between seasons. So there's a lot of clubs have been very quiet with their announcements. They've probably been waiting for the A-League to finish. So um, a credit to those clubs who get out there and do the fantastic social media aspect. But um, a lot of the time it's just volunteers, so it's very difficult to get that information. You, you couldn't speak more truth than you did just there. Well, with that... The referees are out in the middle now. The assistant referees have checked the goals. We are all set for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off with the first team in alphabetical order. It is Apia Leichhardt. Of course, last year, Tiana, they dropped the Tigers moniker. They've gone back to the traditional Apia Leichhardt. And I can't believe how warmly received this rebranding has been. Yeah, I mean, RP is a, a big club in, in the MPL, men and women. So um, just moving forward, I think, yeah, credit to them to move forward and keep pushing the standard that they have. Now, they came into the MPL women's only a couple of years ago, but they did come in with a very aggressive recruitment strategy. It has already started to bear fruit. And certainly some of the players they have in this lineup season veterans here and incredibly strong uh in particular headlined by the likes of alexandra timms georgia yeoman dale and the evergreen inspirational lisa davana um yeah look i don't i'm not 100 percent sure who's coming back i mean they had fantastic lineup last year um but a credit to rp and their recruitment strategy they're going to be one challenge for every team out there as most teams i think will be this season now, we can announce one of the changes that has already a, a, occurred um, throughout the course of the year. Uh, Ash Palombi uh, has left the club. He, that is one that is confirmed. She's gone to Glazeville Ravens. But where the credit is for Apia is they openly acknowledge um, two years ago when they first entered MPL that it was going to be a development year and that last year was going to be the year where they started to make their mark. They certainly achieved that, finishing fourth last year. It could have been so much better if had it not been for COVID. But I, I see them as now developing as one of the, the forces in this competition. And I think they'll be there or thereabouts once again this year. Yeah, they've definitely got a great lineup and they're definitely going to, um, I guess, go out and give it their all and make everyone else rise to that challenge. We then move on to the Bankstown City Lions who finished 11th um, last year. Uh, one of the teams that has been quite quiet during the off-season, we're not sure in terms of that there are a couple of rumours. We can't go into those at this point. Um, when they first came in, Tiana, they, they did cause a bit of a ripple and it was, unfortunately, they did lose those two players um, after their first season. But what a couple of players they generated because those were, of course, were the Fowler sisters. Yeah, I mean, massive for the competition for the um, Fowler sisters, particularly Mary, to, to play in our competition. What a blessing that um, we had. So, look, Bank Bankstown is a great club. They've got some good coaches. So looking forward to see what, what they can do and what they will bring to the competition this year. Of course, they do They do have a significant challenge in that area in that they do share the the general catchment area with another big club in Sydney Olympic, which we'll come to a little bit later on. So, you know, in some of these areas, we get these high concentrations. It can be a challenge to get players out there, but they have been known to be um, a team that uh, does press, does press high, just sort of lacking a little bit of that class up front. 
yeah, I think they'll, um, you know, always come to bring a game and we can never, ever rule them out. Um, and I think, you know, their coaching staff know how to recruit play as well. And I think just like RPL was building, Bankstown was building as well. So looking forward to what they can bring. And I know that um, they're happy enough to get this opportunity to be able to go again and, and push and challenge the teams out there. One of the teams that uh, has been a bit quiet over the course of the um, of, of the off season, but they always bring out a surprise or two is the Blacktown Spartans, and um, you know they had a, a team last year uh, last year in their lineup they had Rosaria Galea, Kyra Cooney Cross, Courtney Nevin, Hannah Lowry, as a ve- and Linda Dudek as well. It's a very strong lineup on paper that they had last year, but it had to be said it got let down by the defence conceding at worst than a goal and a half a game? Um, yeah, look, I, I've always found Spartans to be a strong club and a strong team. I think it was a difficult season last year for all clubs finishing halfway through. Um, I think they have some fantastic defenders. They're, they're quite young. So, um, you know, credit to the coaching staff there that are building a really good st- strong team, not just these big names coming in, but fantastic youngsters around them. It is, they are continuing to push um, push players through. And the, 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 one of the great aspects they've got with their club right now is they position themselves very well in terms of being a feeder for some of the A-League women's teams, especially with their connection with the Western Sydney Wanderers. How how have you found in terms of the relationship, I guess, that you've, you've experienced in terms of connections with the A-League clubs back to the NPL clubs? Yeah, look, I think a lot of the coaches have connections with each other, um, you know, and a lot of NPL coaches are getting the opportunity to be in, in those A-League environments. So I think... Um, the more we can communicate and, you know, highlight our future stars of the game or the current stars of the game, um, as long as those communication lines are open, it's always going to be great. And I think most A-League coaches out there are either watching games or willing to talk to coaches. So I think it's definitely improving and there's some fantastic coaches that do that. We then go on to the Emerging Jets, one of the two um, I guess, generational squads that we see in this. Of course, the the lineup that eventually feeds players into the, the Newcastle Jets. Um, and of course, as you know, one of the aspects, one of the main aspects with these kinds of teams is that there is a constant churn of players because at the end of the day, this is supposed to be a development squad. Yeah, um, look, I, I always love seeing the development squads out there. They always bring a challenge and I think we're preparing future stars for the game. So Newcastle Jets, I, I love playing against them. Um, they bring a different style um, to the competition and I think um, they're always a challenge and they're going to challenge every team that they come up against. They, the couple of players I did notice last year when they when they played against some of the other teams um, that really did impress me. I thought in particular was Chloe, the two Chloe's, Chloe Smith and Chloe uh, Wallendale. Um, very, both very tough physical uh, women when it came to playing football. And at such a young age to see that kind of confidence there, it bodes well for what they can generate in terms of players. Yeah, I mean, the best thing for these younger players is to play an environment that challenges them. So um, it's really good to see those players impressing um throughout the systems. We then go to the other developmental squad in the in the competition is the Football New South Wales Institute. Similar 
I guess, in aspects to the emerging Jets, but it's almost sort of closer in alignment to, say, like a Sydney FC or a Western Sydney Wanderers in the MPL men's competition. But this this squad has developed a very strong reputation for player development and, in particular, over the last couple of years, the development of the likes of Olivia Della Harp, Briley Henry, Jamila Rankin, and the two, I think two biggest players they've created over the last couple of years in Charlie Rule and Isabella Chidiak. Yeah, um, look, I've, you know, always been a big believer in um, the processes and um, putting some of these players in great environments when they're younger. So same thing that I said about the Jets, I think, you know, as long as we're challenging these younger players, there's some future stars definitely in that group right now, getting their opportunities at Institute and, you know, at A-League clubs. And they've produced some really good stars that, you know, and really good players that have just recently even been fantastic in the recent grand final. So, um, yeah, credit credit to all clubs and the Institute who um, challenge these girls to be better players. Here's, here's my interesting question for you, because although they do operate a similar sort of model, the terms of style that they play has been noted to be quite different. So uh, with the likes of Emerging Jets, as you mentioned before, was very, very physical in nature. When I watched the Football New South Wales Institute team play, I was blown away by how quick some of these girls are. When they get the ball at their when they get the ball at their feet in particular, seeing the speed that they're able to distribute the ball was a thing of beauty to watch and something you don't often see in um in any sort of level of football, really. Uh, and it just it was it was it was brilliant to to absolutely watch and see how well they could move and then more importantly, the way they move off the ball to get into a position to then receive that ball back. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of football, right? The At the end of the day, it's about putting the ball in the back of the net and, you know, one team will play one way and that's how they love to play football and they want to play football and another team will play in a completely different style and, you know, all all forms of football are beautiful to watch and both teams and play definitely different styles of football, but I love watching both of them for very different reasons. So, um, yeah, definitely notable dis- differences, but both challenging and exciting to come up against. We then come on to the Illawarra Stingrays and a team that I, I guess has, has improved once again over, after the, over the last couple of years. Uh, they did lose, uh, they did leave Olivia Price a couple of years ago, uh, but of course, they are. They do have their mainstay in Michelle Carney and what a player she has been in this competition. Yeah, I mean, I remember growing up and I'm not, you know, I'm not too young now, but I remember growing up and seeing her as a player and um, also playing against her and it's just such a privilege to play against such great people who keep giving back to the game. Now, now let's, not, let's not talk about age here to start off with. Because <laughs> my state, my status at the moment is I'm eligible to play over 35s football, okay? <laughs> so uh, I, I get reminded all the time that I'm playing in the wrong competition at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that that's scary to think. <laughs> it is, it is. And don't worry, um, all of the 20-year-olds in my team at the moment remind me that. Of that so, um, but Illawarra in terms of their side, uh, how well that the club has managed to continually operate despite the fact that they don't have, say, the support of a massive, massive club in the local in the in the local area. They're almost operating on they are effectively operating on their own. 
with minimal support, even from the Wollongong Wolves, for example. So to see how they continually show themselves to be competitive in this competition is a credit to the way that the club has operated over the last few years. Yeah, they've got such a um, wonderful group of people down there just that just love football and They've got such a great catchment area and they really do well to work with the community. So always a massive credit to them to keep supporting football down there and, and promoting it. The other player we should mention as well, and a congratulations to her on, uh, on achieving a role within the Matilda squad, young Caitlin Cooper. What a player she has turned out to be. Yeah, she she's another one of those players that just keeps giving back to the game. And I just think that's incredible. And it's always putting the, I guess, the next generation in good stead to be able to produce some good football. It is. Um, we then move on to our next team. Before we go on to, to discuss a couple of the um, the issues that are going to be pressing um, over the course of the next couple of years, the MacArthur Rams, and they have gone through an absolute roller coaster. Of course, you probably remember, not apparently about five, six years ago, MacArthur Rams in this competition virtually untouchable yeah um I mean particularly that grand final against in the uni that was absolutely incredible um but yeah they've they've always been a mainstay in NPL football so I mean I guess from a women's football perspective it was a little bit sad to see them not achieve the same results but they're definitely um on the right track they've had you know got some really great coaches over there who love the game, who love football, who love just investing in it. So um, I think they're well and truly on the right track to, um, you know, being the the club that they've always been known to be. Well, and they picked up a couple of very handy signings um, in, in this over the last couple of years, in particular Patricia Shara Lambos uh, from her stint over at Perth Glory and Lena Kamis coming, um, coming into the lineup here. What was notable about this is that this this is a team that has gone through a bit of a rejuvenation um, of, of the squad because this was known as being a, quite an older squad with not a lot of kids coming through. They've now changed tack on that and now that we're starting to see that competitive nature of the Rams coming back as well. Yeah, I mean, Lena's an incredible um, human being and footballer and just a fantastic person to be around um particularly when you're talking football her knowledge is fantastic um I mean Lena's been there for a for a long time and her competitive nature just exudes into the the players around them I was lucky enough to work with Patty um over in Perth which was fantastic and when she came back she was definitely in a good environment over there in Perth and I feel like she brought that energy back to MacArthur which is uh fantastic and that's what people sort of sort of missed with her because I noticed that at a couple of the clubs she and when she played, this is a girl who's got such skill about herself, especially considering, um, while not meaning to be disrespectful, how tiny she is uh, on the <laughs> field. Yeah, um, look, yeah, height. I mean, when she's standing next to me, she's nearly as tall as we're nearly the same height. So I definitely, um, I definitely give credit for what she does. But yeah, she's got such an energy about her, um, and it just goes through the rest of the team. Oh, absolutely. And and it's good to see her in, in a positive state because I know that it's been it had been a major um a major challenge. She's been very vocal about trying to support women with their mental health in sport as well. And we've seen that in some of the other competitions. She's been an inspiration um within the competition and within the community itself. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, one of the big, before we go to our break, a, a question in regards to, I guess, your experiences now having come over to Northwest Sydney and seeing the change that has occurred over the last couple of years, of course, known as the koalas for a very long time. It has been a very much a change of tact, especially considering the joint venture that they've now done, not only with Northwest Sydney Spirit, but with the the old Gladesville Hornsby Association. Uh, what what has it been about the this coming together of the three parties that has you so excited for football in the area? Yeah, I mean, I've been involved in you know representative football at some some level since you know maybe I don't know tw- just just under twenty years now, and um, I started when I was about eleven. So and it's always been known as the koalas. So this change has even just the change in name has been probably the most difficult thing to grasp because the amalgamation has been so smooth, so fantastic in transition. Um, It's really exciting to be able to work at a club that, you know, respects and fully um, engrosses women's football into their program. Um, I find that such a wonderful thing being at the club. And we started this transition in my first year at koalas and it's just been super seamless um they're always asking you know okay this is how we do it we've done it on the men's spirit side um how do you think this is going to work on the women's side and okay yep well we'll have to think about this and think about that and just the support and you know we get the same facilities we get the same infrastructure we get the same resources it's just fantastic I've never been in an environment where it's so um equally divided and so welcoming from both sides you walk past the men's coaches they're like hey how are you going how was the weekend you can chat you know there's lots of conversations when we pass Perco um in the rooms it's just a fantastic and exciting environment to be a part of and, and some of the credit for that has to go to the incredibly shrewd decision they made in bringing on Jeremy Toivonen as the CEO of the entire operation. Uh, I've, I've personally worked with Jeremy. You could not find a better, more humble, more generous individual to um, be at the helm of something like this. Um, and I, I think it's a credit not only to the club that they've recognised this talent, giving him a go, and he's he has certainly sort of instilled this idea of club culture down there at Northwest Sydney. Yeah, Jeremy's um, been great since he's come on and um, working with all the main stakeholders within the club. We've got um, Tim Thorne, our director of football, who he just, um, his philosophy and his vision about the youth league and the, um, you know, just being able to use the local players and have a look at the local players and his push for, you know, girls training with boys and boys training with girls. And it's just the club culture is fantastic. And um, it's a really great thing to be a part of. And the development is there for a really strong future in all aspects of the club. Absolutely. And I mean, it's there's nothing there's nothing better than I even after I met a couple of times on my way back home, catching up with friends or catching up with my in-laws who live all the way out in St. Mary's driving along the M2 and you're seeing the lights on at a Saturday night or even a Sunday evening at Christie Park, you know that there's action going on there. It's such a great little location um, there on right behind the Macquarie Centre. 
yeah, it's such a hive of football. Like, I mean, whenever you're there, it's just you you will see a kid kicking a ball around, you will see, you know, coaches talking to each other. It's such a a place to be if you if you want to talk football and you just want to be around football. And, you know, I had training there at six o'clock this morning and the girls were ready to go and they were buzzing. And um whenever you're there, whatever part of the day, it's it's always buzzing and such a exciting place to be if you love football. And I, I imagine the, a hard training session on a Friday night just makes TGI Friday at the Macquarie Centre just that much better as well, doesn't it? Yeah, that's why I moved the sessions to the morning so they can go. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, you, you knew it had to be there. You knew it had to be there. So, look, we, we, we're going to take half time because I think a couple of, we both need a drink after this uh, very high intensity session so far. And when we come back, we'll have part two of our preview of the New South Wales NPL Women's Competition for 2022. You are listening to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbyrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. 
Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites, of course. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISE Sport and Business Plaza. Anthony Caruso with our special guest Tiana Gauchi from Northwest Sydney Spirit. We're previewing the 2022 NPL New South Wales Women's Competition. We're going to move on to our next team in alphabetical order. It is Manly United. And oh boy, now, Tiana, if, if we want to talk about teams that have been that has been very public in terms of the changes that have occurred, here is one of them. And unfortunately, it does not make for good reading. Yeah, look, um, Manly's always been a massive club, so I think you know more about Manly than what I do. I mean, I don't think whatever they do, they're always going to be a challenging and team that's up there. So they've got fantastic youth. So, I mean, Manly's Manly at the end of the day and they're always a fantastic club and their youth league is right behind them, ready to go. Well, there's been some massive changes here. Of course, um, Sunny Franco has um, did leave Partway through the season, we'll get to her possibly a little bit later on. Uh, Gemma Woolley confirmed has gone to the Gladesville Ravens. Chloe O'Brien, their captain, confirmed going to the Interlines along with Jess Wooden. Jane Van Zeno has moved down to Canberra for study and for work. Um, a mainstay, someone you probably grew up playing against for all these years. Christy Crawford finally hung up the boots. Um, Sophie Nananovich and Tara Andrews are expected to be staying in Newcastle. Nicole Simonson, the very talented goalkeeper for the Newcastle Jets, will be missing a significant portion through shoulder surgery. But the big one, Tiana, there will be no Remy Simpson for Manly United this year. Yeah, um, Rems is such a good player. I think, you know, whilst it's a loss for the NPL, how amazing for her to head overseas and, you know, something that I I know she's been looking forward to for a long time and, you know, really excited about possibly getting that opportunity. So I'm so thrilled for her. She's such a great person and such a great player. So whilst it's a loss for the MPL and Manly, it's such a such an exciting thing for Rams. And how fitting as well that the BDH Raiders Junior of Swedish heritage <laughs> is going to go and play in Sweden. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that, but that's definitely that's definitely fitting. It's and look, we we do wish her all the best. It's not often you get to have a full time contract to go play in Europe, and that's one of the things I did want to ask about in in particular as well. We sort of discussed it at the top of the show. This is probably the perfect time to bring it up now. 
the, the, the rise of women's football in Europe, especially considering that some of the top some of the top players actually do get paid enough money for it to be a full time gig for them to play in Europe. Yeah, I mean, about time. I, mean, I think it's I incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference about European football and you know football in potentially the USA or even um, you know. Australia, sometimes our football looks similar, you know, to each other. Each club can be quite similar, particularly I find if I watch professional football in America. But, you know, um, and and that's fantastic. That's the style of play that they've had. And like I said earlier, you know, football is all about the way you want to play. It might not look right to someone else, but, you know, it's how you want it to happen. But I think in Europe you just get – so many different styles of play and it's such a good way to challenge yourself either as a player or a coach you know most clubs have this ingrained culture already built there or you know they've grown up playing different styles and it's just a fantastic way to test yourself and I think when I watch football for women in Europe it's yeah a massive massive thing that you see they all play different styles of football and it's great. Now, they they won't be lacking in talent still, Manly United, because they still have some very solid players left in there. Two young guns in Carly Johnson and Ali Green, and one player you probably know very well throughout uh, throughout the time in Caitlin Jarvie is going to be going around again. Um, the question is going to be now, the depth is going to be challenged for Manly United this year. I don't see them um, going into risk for relegation, but I do see them sort of struggling to make that build up. And I see this very much as an opportunity year for a rebuild and a restructure and to push some of the younger players into the first grade squad. Yeah, they have, you know, Manly have such a good SAP system and such a good youth league. They're strong in a lot of their teams. So I'm sure there's a plan there. I'm sure there's a rebuilding to find the next Remy. I know there's a fantastic player sitting in their youth league as a nine ready to go. So um, I'm sure they are fully aware and ready to take on the challenge of 2022 and they're probably planning and preparing for the years beyond. And um, no doubt, you know, the last grand final, um, when I was lucky enough to be coaching at Sydney Uni and they took out the title, they came came in and absolutely stormed that. And I think that's a culture that's ingrained in their in their club. So I think whilst they might be lacking some depth, depth they're definitely going to be out there and they're going to fight and challenge every team that they're against. Well, let's come to a club that has absolutely taken the competition by storm over the last couple of years from being a there or thereabouts club to now being a regular premiership contender, it is the Northern Tigers and where their strength has been has been up front with the likes of Lauren Allen, Aidan Keane, Shadeen Evans, Daisy Arrowsmith, all of them up front last year. This was a strike force to be feared. Yeah, I mean, who who do you stop in that lineup? It's um, you go to nullify one, and you've got to then worry about the other. Yeah, definitely a lot of strength there, and you know, I think there's been a few signings that have come out or are about to come out that will show that they're strengthening strengthened in other areas. It's always, you know, a tough battle, and they've really invested a lot of time and you know energy into their women's program. So. Um, for us at uh, Spirit, it's a massive game because they're our local rivals, but they're definitely, um, you know, so a team that's 
up there and willing to fight for everything. Oh, the, the local derby between these two teams, it'll be, in fact, it'll be, you know, these two teams are Manly United. You know, the derby matches between these two have often been fierce in a, in a very big way. We had Maddie Bart on on the show um, this time last year, and she spoke about sort of the, the some of the development that was occurring at the Northern Tigers and how they've sort of continued to to grow the team and grow the foundation. This is a team that has sort of come together um, it took a couple of years to click, but two years ago when it did click for the first time, um, it really did come straight to the fore. And I could see them this year being contenders for the premiership. Yeah, I think one thing about Northern Tigers is they're a really close-knit group. And I think that is something that can never be underrated in football. So credit to them and, you know, the structures around them that allow them to um, fully be engrossed in that environment and, you know, um, be able to play their football in a way that where they're really happy. Now we come to your team, the Northwest Sydney Spirit. Um, it had to be said last year, um, the, 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 the team's defence was reasonable. Um, mm. I, I think there was probably a lack of goals at various points throughout the season. It probably cost, I guess, a couple of close games and certainly throughout the course of the last season before the season was interrupted due to COVID, there were a lot of losses by one goal, which means that you you certainly were there or thereabouts, but just probably just lacking that um that clinical nature to finish games off. Yeah, um and I think I think that's fair to say. We definitely you know, looking throughout the season, felt that we could have taken some some games, you know, or um, scored a few more goals. Uh, so we definitely, as a coaching group, looked at that and there's been some players that have come in that are definitely going to, I suppose, help us in that area. And, um, you know, you mentioned Sunny before. She, unfortunately, COVID hit pretty pretty much when she was about to start her first game for us. So that was disappointing, but it's allowed us to spend more time with her in training and, you know, she fully um, engrosses what we want at Spirit. She's such a um, such a fighter and such a good player to be around and for the other players to be with. So that's one player that's going to definitely, hopefully, you know, help us get back into the goal-scoring, I guess, scene. And, and this is something that I've noticed with 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 Sunny as well. I mean, you mentioned that that term as her being a fighter. She is a fighter. She can be a little bit of she can be a little bit of a brawler, but there is no question in terms of her commitment when she gets onto the field. There's absolutely yeah, yeah. no question. Yeah, she walks over that white line and she wants to win, and that's her that's her goal. And it's something that is fantastic to have at training because it, like I said, it shows the not only the rest of the first grade, but reserve grade players and the players around around of what it means to be a competitor. And, and I think one of the other things she, she, I think she will personally benefit from there is a, is a change of scenery as well. Um, you know, we talk about the importance of club culture and certainly where she came from, you got the sense that that club culture was starting to struggle a little bit here, but um, she's someone who has a lot of energy about herself. A lot of players will feed off it. Um, and I think, you know, a, a change of environment, I think is going to be the best thing for her. And it's probably going to result in Sunny, this this precocious genius that she can be to be able to rediscover that love of football once again. Yeah, she's looked really happy when we've seen her. Obviously, she's come off, 
the A-League season. Um, so, yeah, she's looked really good coming in and at training over the last uh, week or so. So, yeah, really looking forward to see what she and the rest of the um, players coming in now from their A-League duties, um, what they can offer the rest of the group. I'm now going to put your your hand to the flame. <laughs> Have you got any other breaking news announcements in terms of transfers in? Oh, yeah. Look, we, we've definitely built the squad. We felt last year we were very light on numbers that I guess, you know, as the season progressed and particularly with COVID and injuries around, we definitely needed to add to that squad. Um, we have a couple of girls up from down from Newcastle. Um, there was a picture, I guess, displayed the other day on our Facebook team at Facebook page where you would have seen Kirsty Fenton and Lucy Johnson from the Jets joining us, um, as well as Sasha Grove, um, such a young gun from uh, from Canberra. So yeah, we've we've got a few names that have come in, and that they've really added so much to the group, and we're just really grateful and thankful we're able to provide them with an environment where they're happy to come and play in and contribute to our to our club and our team. Absolutely. And I couldn't it couldn't be more exciting to see that this is going to be developing and developing well. So, you know, let's see what happens with Northwest Sydney. Of course, uh, as we do here on on Triple H Sport, whenever we ask you for a prediction, we always allow a little bit of <laughs> uh license for you to back the girls in. And I have no doubt that you're going to be doing that again. You're backing them in to win the premiership, aren't you? Oh, obviously you don't, you don't enter a competition where you, you don't think you're going to do your best. Um, I think for Adam, the first grade coach and myself, um, we just want them to push and our aim is to push for those finals. And once you get to the finals, you can achieve anything. But like I said, you don't, you don't structure a team and you don't recruit players thinking, oh, we might come mid table. You want to push yourself to be the best team you can. So we're looking forward to seeing um, what this group and the reserve grade group can can do. Look, if I could say anything, finals football, like finals cricket, I, I go to always go to a line by the late great Murray Walker. Anything can happen, and it usually does. <laughs> well, it happened last week in the A League. For team coming forth, came ended up taking out the premiership. So yeah. anything can happen. Yep. Yeah. And, and it usually does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to a team that has established itself as one of the genuine powerhouses in the competition. They are coming in as defending premiers. It is Sydney Olympic. And, well, what can be said about this team then, oh, boy, I am genuinely scared. Yeah, I mean, are they coming in as premiers, though? Because they, they, the did, last- finish, they did finish first in the league. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. We'll call that one. They yeah. they they were premiers last year. I think the reigning premiers are probably still Sydney Uni from a couple of years ago. But Possibly, um, yeah, yeah. They're look. They're they are such a powerhouse, and they've got some, you know, fantastic players there. And it's just such a credit where people are taking football seriously and women's football seriously that they're devoting this much time and effort into building teams and clubs that genuinely just can scare you a little bit, but also make you go, hold on, we've got to rise to this challenge and we've got to put out a team here that, you know, is going to match this or challenge them. And, and what they've done with this as well is they've recruited, they've recruited brilliantly, not only in terms, in, in terms of girls with talent, but girls with 
genuinely positive personalities. Um, a brilliant leadership of one of my favourite female players in Teresa Polias. I mean, what a, what an addition she was uh, for this team. Tegan Collister, Amy Phillips, Mackenzie Hawkesbury, um, Courtney Vine, and one of my other favourite players and you know a friend of Triple H Sports in little Claudia Shalakian. The better yeah, Shalak, yeah. the better. We have to say the better <laughs> Shalakian as well. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, just look at those names that you've just rat- rattled off. That's, you know, Sydney FC, like, you know, and you saw how good they did in the A-League. So, I mean, if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And some of these girls are, you know, look at Courtney Vine in her recent Matilda stints, you know, it's, it's a good challenge and it's a good opportunity for people to show what they can do. There's only one downside I've got with the way that Sydney Olympic have been operating this team this year. You know what? Want to know what that is? <laughs> What's that? They don't play at Belmore. Uh, yeah. Have to look, go back to Belmore. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you play on those outside fields and you got Belmore behind you and you just think to yourself, wouldn't it be amazing to be in there? But you know, small steps uh, at a time. I'm sure hopefully that Sydney Olympic will um, put those girls in there because, you know, some of them, well, if not all of them, they deserve to be, you know, given that same opportunity to play at that amazing fortress of a ground. Oh, God, don't don't remind me. Because <laughs> as, a, as a Manly Seagull supporter, there was no scarier feeling than going down to sport, Belmore Sports Ground when you take on the Bulldogs. That place is tiny and it turns into a cauldron. And Olympic, <laughs> Olympic aren't afraid of packing that ground out either. No, I mean, my grandma's place is literally two streets up from Belmore. So it's it's a really a really special place and um Sydney Olympic are so not lucky I guess they've got the ability to play in there so it would just add something extra to this team for sure if they've got the opportunity oh could you imagine if they did do that they'd be almost they they I don't think they'd lose a home game all year yeah well you you yeah you it would be pretty pretty I guess intimidating walking out onto that field and then you know going oh okay and then seeing who you're playing against. But once again, it just creates this, you know, idea. We love an underdog in Australia. Um, you come up against them, you you really want to do your all and you really want to show those players that you can be where they are. Let's go to our last team before we do a quick look at the FNSW Women's One competition. It is one of your old clubs in, in, Sydney, yeah. in Sydney University. Um, and they, they're a team that have not lacked in consistency one bit. They may not always be top, but you can always be guaranteed that they will be there or thereabouts come finals time. Yeah, it's a really great setup at Sydney Uni, the way they get, you know, can promote their players and get the players in. And there's some really great girls there and some really great players that just have this professional energy. Um, so... Yeah, I can't speak highly enough of Sydney Uni and my time there. And I know the coaches that are there are carrying on that beacon from Alex Aparkas and definitely, um, you know, putting their best foot forward. Bit of a transitional after such a successful few years, but they're always going to be a team that, you know, we're talking about it's difficult going to Belmore. It's difficult going to Sydney Uni and playing. You've got that stadium, you've got a surface that you're not used to, and then outcome some of their players and you go okay it's it's game one <laughs> it's it's time to play so um not to mention trying to find the park for an hour beforehand <laughs> oh my god don't, 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 don't remind don't remind me sitting but, um, oh. yeah it's very difficult but um look they're just 
such a such a strong history in women's football of late and um yeah can't can't speak highly enough of you know the the players and the experiences I had there and the fact that they've got some really good coaches carrying that on now one of the things that was curious for me and I wanted to get your um your thoughts on this as to where Mm. this came from was Sydney University's connection in particular with Canberra United because we often saw a lot of players come Mm. backwards and forwards between those two clubs yeah look I mean I I don't know if that goes with the history you know have a Gary Lock um coach at Sydney Uni and I'm not sure it's a bit of an informal I guess connection uh Canberra like to pick up players that are passionate, that um, like to win, and I think you can see that ingrained in that culture at Sydney University. So um, it could could be unconscious, it could be something that is accidental, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of them like to play together, and if you can have a group that has played together all year round in the NPL and in the um, A-League, then that's going to help you with your chemistry on the pitch. Uh, one of the, a couple of the players to mention who I think are still going to be there or the, um, within the squad, unconfirmed at this stage, of course. Mm. We are talking, of course, the likes of Claire Hunt, Bianca Gallic, and Courtney Newbon in the um, in the line. And I should mention Claire Wheeler as well. Mm. Um, even going through this transition phase, they're not lacking in talent. No, well, Claire's just picked, been over in um, overseas for a little bit now at Fortuna. So I guess for everyone that's fantastic because she's such a talented um, player and such a great person. Um, but, you know, take that name out and we're still talking about Claire Hunt and Courtney Newborn and those types of players. So, um, yeah, they're definitely strong and they're definitely competitors and they're definitely winners. So... Let's put let's put Northwest Sydney aside. You've already said okay. you're backing the girls in. <laughs> the two other teams that you think will be finals con, um, grand final contenders. Well, look, I think it's really really difficult to. I, I'll try and put my name on it, but a name on it. But I think it's really difficult because a lot of clubs, like you said at the start, have been really really quiet. Um, with their announcements you know up has mentioned a few of late but announcements have been really really um really really hard to come by do you get the sense that there's a big game of poker happening here at the moment we're gonna get to to round one and all of a sudden everyone turns up scott wait a minute you're there now yeah i think there's gonna be a few surprises here or there I, i definitely do and that's why I'm so – I don't know if I can put a name on it, to be fair, because even sitting here I know there's players that have moved around at different clubs and going through this preview I'm like, well, they could contend or they could contend or they're a super challenging team. Look, I think you've always got to think of the likes of Sydney Uni, RPR. Um, I think MacArthur's recruited well. Northern Tigers have recruited well. We've recruited well. So – I really think it's such a tight race to the end there. Um, and obviously, I don't know, did I mention? Did I even mention Sydney Olympic in that? So, no, you um, didn't. So there's another one. I mean, yeah, so right. I could, I'm just going to rattle off every name because I know yeah. Bankstown have picked up some really fantastic players. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's such an open season this year and I'm really excited to see who is there at the end of, end of the year. And play, and people forget how close this competition is because there was. Mm. A, I think it was when when it got closed down last year. I think it was only two wins separating first from eighth. Yeah, 
that's massive. That's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a massive comp to be a part of. So, yeah. We, before we go, we're going to mention um, very quickly the Football New South Wales Women's One competition. Um, that, look, Football New South Wales has been struggling to try and form and get some merit into this competition, which mm. um, after we saw some of the likes of the big clubs of Arthur and Sydney Olympic get their chance within um, NPL and maintain their position there, we've sort of seen the second division, the second tier competition sort of fall by the wayside as of, as of late. But this year, we're now seeing some clubs start to show some intention of wanting to gain promotion. Uh, and we've also seen some big name clubs enter it. We won't go through all of them, but to start off with the two big ones I wanted to bring up to you and get your mm. thoughts on this are the two teams that have probably shown the most ambition for promotion, them being the Gladesville Ravens and the Interlions. Yeah. I mean, Interlions have, um, had a couple of big signings which shows some intent uh I I do know that looking over the last six rounds there's been some surprise packets you know out there for some people but yeah I mean big intent to sign big players and I think a credit to them to be able to I guess attract big players to the to their club and Gladesville always really strong, someone close to us um, that we we often see at Christie Park and they've always been a team that, you know, has been able to strive for success and, I mean, they, they always show that intent and it's good to see them on the park. Um, you know, COVID's kind of hit at the wrong time for them, I think, unfortunately, um, but hopefully they can push for that promotion at the end of this year. Maybe, maybe not, maybe not for us because they're in the same area, but it would be great for them. <laughs> well, into, into Lions, just to mention the the four big names that they have signed up. These are confirmed, I should mention as well. Yeah. Rianney Parker, uh, the former Northbridge and Sydney FC player, Bella Donaldson, who formerly played with the Northern Tigers and Gladesville Ravens, and the two pickups from Manly United in Jess Wooden and former young Matilda, Chloe O'Brien, this is the one, this is probably the biggest shock in a transfer I I could um, that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, like I said, massive and credit to them to um, get them over there. I think they're six rounds in now. So I'm probably just trying to make it click at the moment and make it work. But um, yeah, ma- massive signing. And, you know, I'd, I've worked in this league. Um, I did a lot of youth league work in this league and it's, you know, it's such an important league to the structure in New South Wales for women's football. And I think it's great that teams are really trying to build it up and bring some quality um, that they already have with some quality that's external um, together. A couple of other mentions before before we go there of some of the other clubs that are going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, the Northbridge Bulls um, announcing once again, I believe uh, former Socceroo Grant Lee will be um, – playing an important role within that squad, leading them on. He's working very close with the new men's head coach. I can't believe I'm rattling this name off. Northbridge Bulls men's head coach in Mile Stajowski. So Grant Lee and Mile Stajowski at Northbridge. That's a great coaching lineup for them. And some of the other clubs that have announced that they're entering this competition for the first time, the likes of Hills District. We're seeing Marconi Stallions starting to make a move here as well. Um, St. George Saints. Um, are going to be competitive there, and Sutherland Shire, who have been sort of mainstays in this in this competition. But that Northbridge, for me, Northbridge is the dark horse there as well, given 
how much they've invested in the coaching there. Yeah, when I when I say COVID's hit at the wrong time for some clubs, I think Northbridge is probably the club that feels that the most. They're definitely them and Saints. I, I they have such depth in their lineup, and I think the season is in MPL in the sorry in the women's one league is so long, and that depth is going to be able to help them push through. Hills United doing fantastically well, coming first at the moment. Um, they're such a good club with, you know, similar structures and ambition that I see at Spirit. And then they've, you know, had some really good players from Nepean head over there and coaches, um, and they've just hit the ground running. We played them in a trial game and they were definitely prepared and ready for the season. So that's a massive, massive coup. Um for the league to have a club like Hills take go in there, they they could get promoted straight up. They're sitting first right now after six rounds and they're doing fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, that is full time here on Splinters. And what an honour it has been to not only do the NPL Women's New South Wales preview for season 2022, but to have someone of the talent of Tiana Gauchi to join us with so much experience throughout women's football, indeed throughout the years. Tiana, my many thanks to you. My thanks to the Northwest Sydney spirit. And who knows, you might just end up seeing Triple H Radio calling games live from Christie Park. Oh, that would be amazing. Thanks so much for having me. It's It's been really good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Horns VRSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza on behalf of Tiana Gauchi. I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.